Blog Talk Radio. Amazing grace shall always be mine. Son of Praise the Lord. God bless you and welcome to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. And we thank you so much for listening to us Monday through Friday from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, it's Monday through Friday from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. And again on Sundays from 8.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock. Again, that's 8.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. We want to thank you for listening to all our speakers, Mrs. and Reverend Rice, uh, Minister Michael Gray, Reverend Ray Lucas, and the list goes on, including none other than Apostle Lockamy from Burning Bush Church. We want you to sit back and uh, relax as you listen to some of our speakers, and tonight we're going to listen to Apostle Lockamy. We thank you again for tuning in to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. Amen. Great shall always be my song of praise. God was that grace that brought me. Liberty, I, I do not know why he even give that grace to me. But he looked, looked beyond my fall and saw oh, my knees. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. God was that grace that brought me liberty. I, I do not know why God would even love, love me so. But he looked, looked beyond my fault and fell on my knees. Let me say it again. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. God was that grace that brought me, brought me liberty. I, I, I do not know why God would love, love me so. But he looked, looked beyond my fault. Yes, he looked beyond your fault, too. Yes, he looked, looked beyond my fault. Oh, we just thank God for looking beyond our fault, not judging us according to our sin, neither rewarding us according to our nicotine. Oh, he looked, looked beyond my fault, and saw oh, oh, my knees. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. And when I was saying no other song, I was saying this one. It was that grace. When I was lost and headed to a devil's hell. Oh, that gave me victory. I, I, I do not know why he'd even give that grace to me. But he looked, looked beyond my fault. Yes, he looked, looked beyond my fault. Church, he looked, looked beyond my fault. And so, oh, my knees. 
I'm so glad that God looked beyond my fault. He looked beyond your fault and all our fault. He did not judge according to the wrong we did. If he did, he had destroyed us all. But he showed us so grace and so mercy. But we thank God. He's out of this apostle. Welcome to Burning Bush Church. Four two more thirteen Street in Irving, North Carolina. I say all is nine one zero six five eight five two zero six. Our church number is nine one zero eight nine seven seven three nine two. You can find us on the way up the Burning Bush Mount Denomination Church in Irving, North Carolina. Four two North Thirteenth Street. So we bless the Lord for just being here this I count it a privilege to be able to have to say something for the Lord. You know, somebody always got something to say for the devil. Oh, my God. He don't even have to ask them. They just say it anyway. They volunteer to say something for the devil. But I come volunteering this afternoon to say something for the Lord. He's been good to me. And I just want to praise him. I just want to thank him. I just want to thank Apostle Amaji for allowing me this opportunity. Oh, man, there are thousands and thousands of apostles and ministers and preachers. You just think she could have got anybody to feel this gap. She was, oh, she was, oh, my God. But it was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. And we thank God for, for touching her heart and, and, and for her discovering us and finding us at the Hampton, Virginia uh, Minister Conference. Oh, God, is just so good. He just knows how to do things. We just thank you for making that possible. The Lord and give us this opportunity to be able to minister to you. We're going to talk this afternoon. I hope you got the word. We're going to go into the word. We're going to talk this morning about the law and grace. I was going to talk about something there, but God should know there are so many people are uh, so confused. It's such a controversy now, and people just don't understand it. They, they're so confused about this thing. When Jesus came and brought brought the grace and the law was here, and they buffed, and they still buffed it in Israel now. They're still they're buffed it in other countries now, and they don't want to turn the law loose. They'd rather hold on to something dead to grab over something that is alive. How many know that grace is alive? The law is dead. Well, how do you know the law did? Because when Jesus died on the cross, and the Bible said that he died on the cross and dropped his head in the lot, the children said it was finished. The Bible said it thunder and it lightning, and the ground broke, broke loose, broke up. The Bible said the ground busted when the blood, when his blood ran down into the ground. It, the ground busted up, and the dead in Christ, the dead in God, the dead in God got up out the ground. Patriots are uh, old, Christians. Old folks, ancient folks of age got up out the ground. I mean, people saw dead people who have been dead for years get up out the ground and go into the city. And then the Bible said the veil of the temple was torn in twain. Other words, no one could go behind the veil but the priest. Anybody else went behind the veil, they would be killed. And even the priest had to be holy when he went back there. If he had committed any sin and hadn't confessed him and hadn't did an atonement, he went behind that veil, uh, he would have been a dead man. He always tied a rope to the priest and legs just in case. Not saying he sinned it, but just in case he sinned it, uh, they could pull him out. If he died while he was in the cause, they couldn't go in and get him because they were went in and got him there to die too. They tied a rope to his leg. Oh, in case he had sinned and they hadn't confessed his sin, and they could pull him out. But the Bible said the veil of the temple was torn in swing, meaning it ain't no more. God tore it apart. He did away with it, with the law. He did away with the veil of the temple. You ain't got to go to nobody else right now. It's going to go ahead. It's okay to go talk to someone having to pray for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible says, if I have somebody to talk to, confess your fault, just in faith, forgive you all. It's good to have somebody to talk to, and y'all pray one for another. But the Bible said, the veil of the temple was torn in twain. And now you ain't got to go ask nobody to do this for you or pray for you. The Bible says, you can pray for yourself. The Bible said, in the last day, God said, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to write my word in your mind and pray it in your heart. So I want to talk tonight about trying to get some of this confusion out from the law and grace. Uh, for the letter, kill it. The Bible said that's why I said that's why I said the law was dead. Because the Bible said the letter, kill it. The law, kill it. But grace makes alive. And you must understand now that the law was given as a as as, as a taskmaster, a schoolmaster. The law was given uh, uh, just to get us to where we're at today in grace. See what I'm saying? The law was given for something, a guideline to go by. Because see, the people still in Israel. They just come out of Egypt and they're coming to the wilderness. 
and there were the Amorites and, and, and the Judahites and, and the Moabites and all of these people was ungodly. These people had no standard. They had no morals. They didn't care who they married. They didn't care with their sister, their brother, their mother, law fellow. They had no standard and family, you know, and morals. They they could marry one another. It didn't mean nothing. Take one another hood and lie. It didn't mean they killed the children, burn them on the altar. These people were ungodly. They had no morals at all. So God had to give the children Israel something to go by. See, baby, well, you ain't got a standard. Well, you ain't got no guidelines. You would do anything. Uh, somebody said a long time ago, an old folk, I made an old folk came up with this. I heard it when I was a little boy. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. So this is what happened. God gave them a law so they had, the law wasn't perfect, but it gave them something to stand on, something to go by so they wouldn't kill their children and burn them on the altar. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Burn them on to some some ungodly god that they don't made up. Mova and and, and and some god they don't made up wilderness that the, that ungodly people are burning burning their children to Molech and gods like that. So God gave the children of Israel a law, a standard, a guideline, something to go by to kind of try to keep them on the right road. And so that's why the law was given. But Jesus came along. We're gonna jump on down to Jesus. You ever see a movie come on sometime and, and they'll begin to play the end of the movie when the movie first come on and then they'll turn around and say twenty five years earlier. Now they're gonna tell you why this happened here at the end of the movie, because something happened earlier. See, sometimes it's what happened earlier and what got our lives what we are today. Some of us messed up today because what we did earlier. What we did today is what we did earlier. What we did earlier, nobody didn't know nothing about it. Now it's catching us with us. So this is what happened. The grave came, but the law came earlier. And they could not keep the law. See, the law would tell you, thou shalt not kill, or thou shalt not steal, but the law wouldn't help you not to steal or kill. And if you got caught stealing or committing adultery, then the law would kill you. The law would kill you without any remorse. It would kill you without any compassion. If you got caught committing adultery or fornication or something like that, or having sex and you won't marry it, the law would kill you. The law said don't do it, but it didn't help you. But see, grace was different than the law. Grace said don't do it. Then grace turned around and said, and I'll help you not to do it. Don't that sound much better? Grace gives you some hope. Grace said don't do it. And grace turned around and said, I'll help you not to do it. The law said don't do it, but it didn't help you and kill you as you did it. So ain't thank God for grace. Thank God for sending his grace. So grace makes a difference. So the law came through Moses, but grace came through Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ came, nobody wanted to accept. They thought Jesus Christ was, they thought he was bringing some false religion, some cult. Uh-huh. And they thought he was a phony. They thought this thing, that he would come over some new age group, some, some something new. And they wouldn't receive it because they were so caught up in the law. They had been brought up by the law all the years, and all of a sudden, now there's some new come in that, that they ain't familiar with. You see what I'm saying? And they don't receive it because they're not familiar with this. But this was God. God had already told them years ago, way from Genesis up to now. God had already told them through all the books that he was going to send a son. He was going to send a redeemer. But after all this, God tells them they still missed him when he came. When he came, they thought he was going to come become king. They thought he was going to come, come sitting on the throne. Thought he gonna come with a staff in his hand to rule the people, and that's what they were looking for. Somebody gonna be stronger than Pharaoh, or somebody gonna be greater than than than, than Herod. Somebody who's gonna make Herod go somewhere and hide. But no, he came in on a donkey. He he came in. They, they throwing palm leaves before talking about Hosanna, Hosanna. He came in wrong. No, he didn't. He came in right. But to them, he came in wrong, because that ain't the way they were expecting him to come in. He came in lonely and humble, riding on a donkey, and they missed the grace of God, just like people missed it today. He is so humble. They, they think they got to do all this and do all that to get saved, and they missed it right there. The Bible said it's in your mouth. Do you not know that salvation is in your mouth? Grace is in your mouth. Huh? You've been on the law so long that you don't even know what grace is. The Bible said it's night day. The Bible said don't say you're going to go to heaven. Don't say you're going to send into the grave. But the Bible said it's night day. Even in thy mouth, the word of faith. If thou believe in thy heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess with thy mouth, 
huh, and believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. But with the with the heart, man, believing in the righteousness. But with oh my God, with the mouth confession, they made himself it might be. You could have got saved a hundred years ago. You could have got saved when you were five, seven, nine, thirteen, twenty-one. You sit waiting for a big wind to blow. You sit back waiting for a hurricane, waiting for a tornado, waiting for an earthquake. No, we're not waiting for God to do something great. The Bible said, in the day you hear my voice, hard not your heart, as it was in the day of provocation. You're getting deceived by Satan. Satan is still telling you to wait. Satan keeps telling you something special is going to happen to you, and then you're going to know you're supposed to be saved. The Bible said every time you go to church, every time you hear a preacher preaching, every time you open your Bible, every time a God sent a religion leader, every time you hear God's voice, the Bible said, hard not your heart, and that they in the wilderness. The Bible says, sit in this house and died at one time in the wilderness because they hardened their heart, committed fornication, provoked the Lord to anger, didn't believe God. Don't be like them. Don't get caught up in the law that you can't turn it loose. Huh? Don't get so caught up in that you're not married to the law no more. Paul said, just like a husband and a wife, when a husband and a wife divorced one another, she said, he said, when the husband is dead, he said, when the wife is dead or the husband is dead, you're no longer married to them. See, that's what people don't understand. Whenever a mate is gone, when your loved one is gone, whenever something happens, you lose your loved one, and maybe by them. And you talking about my, my, my wife, she's not your wife no more. They all broke that contract. Do you hear what I'm saying? You married. Did you not say until death do you part? You said we're going to stay married until death do it part. Now, before you got married, you made a vow to stay with them until death parted you. Once death parted you, they're not knowing no more. You're free to go marry another. You ain't got to feel guilty and feel like you did something wrong. You're free now. You have broke that bond. That law has been broke. You kept your commitment. And now death has broke that law, so you're now free. Paul said you're now free to go marry another because the one you married is dead. So it is with grace. Once you got born again, you're not under the law. Oh, I hope I hear from somebody. You become born again. You're not under you're not under the law. You're not married to the law no more. The law is dead. And now you can go marry grace. You marry the grace now. So you're not married to the law. So you don't owe the law nothing. Just like that man don't owe that woman that she in the grave. What do you look back down there going to the graveyard in the cemetery? What do you look like going to the cemetery? Lay inside that tombstone. Other time, this is my wife. No, it ain't. She gone. That thing is over. Get, get up, dry up your eyes. Get over it so God can give you somebody else to live with if it be so in His will. So, so it is with grace. Grace has separated you from the law. You know more on the law. And I'm excited about that. So I want to get rid of some of this confusion. And Jesus didn't come listen. He didn't come there well. He said he did away with no. Let's let's get that straight too. The law is still here. But we got to govern it in a different way. Just like you wouldn't want to go to New York City. You wouldn't want to go to New York City and you you mean five hundred miles away. You ain't gonna get on no horse and no buggy to go to New York City. The back there, back in those days when it didn't have no cars, no jets, no plane, no rocket, no motorcycles. Yes, you might want to go to New York City and try to go on a horse and bucket. But you ain't got to go on no horse and bucket no more. We got cars, we got airplanes, we got jets, we got rock we got all kind of motor vehicles that can get you to New York City quicker than you trying to go on a horse. And look like you ain't gonna never get there. You see what I'm saying? The horse ain't going nowhere. But innovation has fixed it so you can get to New York City a different way than a horse and a buggy. Great thing, the law ain't went nowhere. The law is still there. And, and Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, a new commandment I give to you. And in this new commandment, if you do it, you have kept the whole law. He said, love thy neighbor, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and all thy strength. And love thy neighbor as you love yourself. When you have done that, you have kept the kid. Listen to me, you have kept the Ten Commandments. See, the law is still there. The Ten Commandments is still there. Because, see, the first, the first whole part of the Ten Commandments, excuse me, it deals with God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. Uh, thou shalt not make any graven image, anything that looks like God. See what I'm saying? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Mm-hmm. Those first folks. 
That's to love the Lord thy God. That's to keep the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says when you do these things, you already kept the soul, first folk. And then the last, whether I call them or not, commit adultery and and, and coveting thy neighbor's wife and lying and stealing and killing, that had to do with the last thing. Make a, a, a covenant debt to thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor. When you're doing that, then now when you when you have kept all them debt by loving your neighbor, you love yourself and love the Lord with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. Then you have kept the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not make no vow under no other God. See what I'm trying to say? You don't kept the commandment now because you love God first. Now you if you love your neighbor, you love yourself. You ain't gonna fool around with his husband, with his wife. You ain't gonna lie on him. You ain't gonna steal what belongs to him. You ain't gonna covet him if you love him like you love love yourself. So the law is still there, but it's wrapped up with grace. Oh, we bless the Lord. So we're gonna have some scripture. I'm excited about some scripture verses here that would help us out about the law and grace. Just remember, you're free from the law. You're no more married to the law. You don't been to divorce court when it comes to the law. You're free to serve the Lord now. And what the law could listen, and what the law could not do. That what the scripture says, what the law could not do, God did it through grace. See, the law wouldn't let us make a hundred. There won't no way we could make a hundred with the law. We couldn't live right in the law. The law didn't come. Listen, the law didn't come to make us real. Do you hear what I said earlier? The law didn't come to make you live right. Matter of fact, the law didn't even help you live right. All the law did was listen. Hear what I'm trying to say. The law didn't come to help you do right. All the law did was told you to live right. It made no effort to help you live right in any kind of way. But grace comes to tell you to live right and then said, I'll help you. If you fall down, I'll pick you back up. If you're weak, I'll make you strong. Romans 16:14 says, listen, for sin will have no dominion over you once you are not under law but under grace. You hear me? Romans 16:14. Sin should have no dominion over you. You need to quit making them excuses that the devil made you do it. You do that because you wanted to it, because you're walking in the flesh. When you're walking in the flesh, listen, hear me out. When you're walking in the flesh, you're walking in the law, because the law is in the flesh. Mm-hmm. The law is in the flesh. That's what the law, the law was made in the flesh. The law is in the flesh. But grace is in Jesus Christ. So you keep making these excuses about the devil made me do it, I couldn't do that. No, 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 no. You are operating in the flesh. You operate in the law. And that's why sin got a meaning of you. In Christ Jesus, sin don't have the commitment. So what you got to have it? So what you got a stronghold? So what is something in your life you can't get victory? You can get victory over it in Christ Jesus for the grace of God. For he told Paul, my grace is sufficient. I don't care what habit you have. I refuse to allow you to think that there's something can come in your life so strong that you can't get rid of it. You can't shake it off. Yes, you can. All you got to do is give it to grace. Give it to God, grace through Christ Jesus. And God will give you victory over that thing. He'll take that desire away. He'll, he'll take that habit away. He'll take that stronghold out of your life. But you got to give it to him. Huh? Listen. If you're going to keep on sinning, as you've been saved, what you got to look forward to? For the Bible says you're going to keep on sinning after you don't got saved, then you ain't got nothing to look to but judgment and a terrible waiting of judgment from the Lord. Because what you had said is that God's grace can't keep you saved. God's grace can't help you live right. Because you still go wrong and you come and you saved. He ain't coming back down here and die no more. He ain't stepping back down on the earth no more. He ain't going to come back and shed his blood no more. He already done what he know to do. He already shed his blood. He already given you the power to live holy. He already given you power to live above that habit in your life. Huh? You know one, time, one thing what really made me? You know, stop smoking cigarettes. I know about the grace of God that helped me stop smoking cigarettes. But I got to thank you one day when I was sitting there. I said, how is I'm going to meet the Lord in the midair? And I can't even stop smoking a cigarette. I'm going to meet God up in the cloud. And I can't even stop smoking that little white thing in my mouth. I ain't even got power to stop smoking a cigarette. How am I going to have power to meet him in the air? So you see what I'm trying to say. You ain't got power to shake all that little habit in your life. And you going to meet the Lord in the midair? 
Oh, we got to meet him. Everybody, we ain't going to meet him on the ground. He ain't coming back on the ground. We got to meet him in the clouds. How are you going to meet him in the clouds? You can't shake off that informative. You can't shake off that little habit in your life. Oh, you better reexamine yourself. You need to reexamine yourself because greater is heated as in you. That's what you got to say to that habit. You got to say greater is heated as in it. You, you got to say, I'm greater than alcohol. I'm greater than bruise. I'm greater than cigarette. I'm greater than snuff. I'm greater than chewing about. I'm greater than these informities that trying to take hold of me. I'm greater than this. I got the victory over this. It ain't going to control me. Oh, my. Romans 10 and 4 to the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believes. So I was trying to tell you earlier about the law. You see what Romans said? When Christ came, the law ended. You're not married no more to the law. Quit going back to his house, her house. You ain't married to her no more. You're divorced. You're married to another woman now. You're married to something else now. So now you're going to focus. What you look like hanging around the one you divorced and you're married to somebody else. How you think that one day you're married to not going to appreciate you and you going back to that that you were? Yeah, you say you divorced. No man don't hang around his ex wife. He married. Something wrong with him. You hear what I'm saying? He doesn't avoid the ex wife. Why he gonna hang around her? Well, they they separate. They ain't, she dead. Romans seven and seven. What then shall we say? That the law is sin. I just told you a while ago the law ain't sin. There was nothing wrong with the law. The law wasn't wrong. It just was the law just wasn't strong enough. It just didn't have the power to make you do right. It only told you to do right, but it didn't have the power to make you do right. It, it told you not to commit sin, but it didn't have the power to keep you from committing sin. But the law still went wrong because it was sent for a reason. It was sent to bring you to, to the grave. It was sent to bring you to where you are now. What shall we say then? It allowed sin by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what is to covet. And the law has not said, you shall not covet. See what I'm saying? If the law had not said, thou shall not covet, we wouldn't have known we were doing wrong. So the law is good. See what I'm saying? We know, we know it's wrong to covet because the law said it. But if there had not been no law, we'd be coveting it. If they had no, if they had, I said, a law said, doctor, not let's get a month to commit adultery. My God, we everybody be committing adultery. Why? Because there ain't no law. We ain't done nothing wrong. There ain't no law. There ain't no wrong. See what I'm saying? But the law said, and the law, because the law said it, the law is good. The law is a guideline. Give me something to go by. So I would have uh, uh, some, some kind of standard. You see what I'm saying? We, we're Christians. We've been born again. We're supposed to hold up a standard. We're supposed to stand for something. So the law ain't bad. It, it, just, it just don't have the ability to save us. That's why grace came. So we're not going to do away with the law. We, it, he came to fulfill it. Romans 3 and 31, do we then overthrow the law by, by his faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. We ain't going to throw the law away. We ain't going to kill the horse in the bucket. We ain't going to kill the horse and burn the bucket just because they made a, a, a car down in a motorcycle and a jet so you can get to New York. You ain't going to kill the animal just because you can get to New York a different way. I just say that, that the car and, and, and the motorcycle going to get you there quicker. But don't kill the horse. Oh, my, my, my. Don't kill the horse. Horse ain't did nothing wrong. I'm going to show the horse glad that, glad that you can go on the motorcycle. Now, you got to go no next three or four months trying to get to New York. Anybody still with me? John 1 17. So the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I told you that earlier. The law was given to Moses because when they had just listened, they had just come out of Egypt. They had been in Egypt 400 some years. And what did they do in Egypt? All they did in Egypt were worship other gods. You saw how Moses destroyed all them gods that was in Egypt by the power of God, the water god and the insect god and the callous god, all them gods they had, all them gods they had, how Moses destroyed them, brought all them gods to shame. So you think about people living around all the gods in Egypt from 400 years, you know they got attached to them. You know they, you, you know, you know they intermingled with somehow that myth got in their spirit. 
So God had to get that out of there when he got them out in the wilderness. Because when they got in the wilderness, they got around working people that were working the folks in Egypt. So God had to get them a guideline to go by so they would have something to stand on. And he gave, sent Moses up into the mountain. Y'all know the story. And Moses came back with the Ten Commandments, something to give them a guideline so they won't be fooling around. And look how long Moses said, because Moses was not gone for a little while, hadn't even gone 40 days. And they already turned God into an idol, turned him into a calf. They made them a golden calf. They're not committing fornication. All kind of crazy sins they were committing. Defaulted adultery, all kind of vile affections. Moses thought they were having a party down there rejoicing. And God said, they ain't having no party. There ain't no party they having. They sinning against me. You ain't been gone 40 days and they already acting crazy. They already done gone contrary to the law. So God gave Moses the law. Romans 76. But now we are released from the law having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Folks, they go by the law, it boring. They live by the law, it's just boring. Ain't happy. They strict. They do the point. They act like they Moses with a staff in their hand. They judgmental. They mean. They ain't got no joy. Because they're living by something dead. How are you going to be happy living by something dead? The law is dead. How can something dead make you happy? That's why they ain't got no joy. That's why they're so mean. That's why, that's why they're so dictatorship. Because they're living by the law and not by grace. Grace makes you happy. Grace put a smile on your face. Grace, grace makes you a happy Christian. Oh, my God. It releases you from the power of the burden of the law. It releases you from the depression of the law. It leads you for the unjoyfulness of the law. Yes, grace does. It releases you. Puts a smile on your face. It makes you happy. It makes you get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be joyous and be glad in it. So I thank God we've been released from the law. Romans 7 and 12. So the law is holy. Listen, I told y'all there was nothing wrong with the law as far as what it was. Because the law was trying to keep the people holy. Give them something to go by. And they may not get caught up in the vile effects and burning their children on the altar for more lack. And all the other gods. Laying up with all everybody else, husbands and wives. Therefore, the law came so they wouldn't act like the people in the surrounding country, in their neighborhood with those evil vile affections. The law came to kind of get them something, a guideline so they wouldn't get caught up in that mess. Amen? So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous and good. Ain't nothing wrong with it, but we need grace. Grace came to fulfill that. Grace came to give us what we need. See, the law said kill the woman that got caught in adultery. Y'all know the story. The woman to Jesus, and the law said kill her, and that was true. If they had stoned her that day, they would have only done what was right because she had broke the law. She had committed adultery, and the law said she should be stoned. But Jesus came, and they asked Jesus a question. Jesus did not say the woman was wrong. He did not say that. He did not even say, don't stone the woman. He just stooped down on the ground, rode in the ground, and got up and said, you know what he said. Everybody knew what Jesus said. He said, let him that committed no sin, let him cast the first stones. So what happened? When he got back up, as he got to down the right and he got back up, they were gone. You know why they were gone? Because they were guilty. They had sin in their life. He didn't tell them not to throw the rock. He said that he that ain't did no wrong, you throw the rock. And nobody could throw no rock to everybody was guilty. They won't want to get up and say they were guilty because they would got up and say they committed adultery. And they would got up and say they committed fornication. And they got up and say they sinned. It. They could be stoned right to right themselves. So they sneaked away while Jesus was down the right. They got and Jesus asked the woman, where is our accuser? The woman said, I have none. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go. And don't do it no more. See, that's the part where we get in trouble. We go and do it again. He said, go and don't do it no more. Be grateful that you were forgiven. Be grateful that mercy will show you. And put that mess behind you. 
Galatians 5 and 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Can we just talk about making it simple tonight? It ain't nothing confusing. The way for a man can get this tonight. You hear me? If you are led by the Spirit, if God is leading you to Christ Jesus, then you are no more under law. You can't obey the law in the Spirit too. Well, my pastor said this, or a deacon shows or this, or the mother said this, or the member of the church said this. Pastor, be led by the Spirit, and by not no denomination, by not no tradition, not by the law of man. Wrong is wrong, and right is right, and you can't preach in between. Let me say again, wrong is wrong, right is right, and you can't preach in between. You've got to tell down men and women, boys and girls, I hope every pastor in the world is listening, that the way to the sin is there, and the gift of God is eternal life. I don't care how many laws they pass. I don't care how many laws the legislature pass. I don't care how many laws the Congress pass. I don't care how many laws the Supreme Court pass. If it's contrary to the Word of God, then you got to preach it. I ain't got to get into it. You understand what I just said. If it's contrary to the Word of God, then you got to preach it. Did Paul not tell you when they told Paul and the disciples not to preach no more? What did Paul say? Paul said it's better to obey God than to obey man. That's all I'm saying, Pastor. That's all I'm saying, apostles. That's all I'm saying, preacher. Hard time, bo 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 That's all I'm trying to say. I ain't trying to be mean deceiver. I ain't trying to be judgmental. I ain't trying to make you feel bad. What I'm trying to tell you is tell the truth. If you tell the truth, then they come to my church and I tell the truth. And they go to Apostle Martin's church and she tell the truth. And go to other Apostle's church and they tell the truth. They can't hide from the truth. See what it is? They're finding place to hide. People finding place to hide because people sugarcoat the word. They, they, they act like they don't know that adultery is adultery and fornication is fornication. They act like they don't know that two men they supposed to love one another and two women they supposed to love one another. I ain't going to get into that. They act like they don't know the truth. The truth is the truth. No law, no legislator, no Supreme Court can change the law of God. God law is true. Wow. So you be led by the Spirit leader. The Spirit lead you the same Spirit lead me. Ain't but one Spirit. Ain't but one Father, one Son, one Holy Ghost. I'm getting tired of folks acting like there's a whole lot of Holy Ghosts and a whole lot of Spirit and a whole lot of God. Ain't but one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost. That same Holy Ghost talking to you is the Holy Ghost talking to me. The same God that's talking to the Holy Ghost to you is the same God that's talking to the Holy Ghost to me. Ain't but one Jesus Christ. Ain't but one Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the same Jesus Christ that is dealing with you, sitting on the right hand of the Father, is the same Jesus Christ that is dealing with me. And we need to put out this old foolish man. Got the church divided, like like your church better than my church. I don't care if your church isn't a holiness. I don't care if your church isn't a seven-day event. I don't care if your church isn't a holy way. I don't care what you call your church. Ain't but one Father, one Son, one Holy Ghost. Ain't but one God. And what he said to one, he said to all. Wow. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and not of, the, of, of your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a word. It's not a word. Amen. Let any man to boss. Ain't that something? It's not a word. Then you can't brag about it. You can't brag because you ain't made no mistake. You ain't made no mistake. So you out there bragging, call. I ain't never said, I've been hearing people getting up in testimonies every time. I, I just thank the Lord ever since I've been saved. I ain't committed adultery. I ain't committed no fornication. And you know people say that they done made mistakes. And you know they done made mistakes. And you're trying to tell that a rogue testimony. You need to humble yourself because that ain't no testimony. God, that ain't a testimony. That's telling your business. That's telling what you have done and have not done. The Bible says when you testify, testify of me, not of your lifestyle, not of the mistakes you have and have not made. We all done sin uh, and come short of the glory of God. We all need one another. We all need to pray for nobody. Ain't nobody. If you feel that on the earth, you ain't got that yet, and you need to pray. 
That's why Paul said, I have not attained. I ain't got there yet. Some folks act like they done got there yet. You hear them talking? Make you kind of feel bad some you hear them talking. Like, oh, they so perfect. Yo, yo, you ain't going to heaven by your perfection. You ain't going to heaven by your word. You're not going to heaven by your deeds. That's why the ship is saying that the righteous shall certainly be saved. Where, where should it ungodly be? Do you not know we're going to certainly get in out of all the work we do? Out of all the labor we do, out of all the souls get saved, out of all the sermons I preach, I'm going to skirtly be saved. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because by grace are we saved. We are saved by grace. Nothing else. Grace is the only thing going to get us in. We're going to skirtly get in by grace. Do you hear what I say? Because you ain't in no position to have a big head. Uh, make, trying to make somebody feel bad. Come on. My church is holy over here. My church is uh, my church. Yeah. Your, your church ain't no better than nobody else's church. And the same God over your church is over my church. And he loves your church, and he loves my church. And so what? You have three services. And I ain't got but one. Having but one. That's all right, too. God is still in my church. You see the way. Some of you need to come to my church. Why don't you come to my church? We all in the same church. We say the same God for the same purpose. We're not in this thing for ourselves. We're not in church for ourselves. We're in church for God. All of us working for God. You working over there. I'm working over here. But we're all working for the Noah. So don't get caught up in the law. Don't get up caught in the formality. Don't get caught up in the tradition that man had made. Jesus said they changed the course of the law to fulfill their lust and their pleasures. James 2 and 10. For whoever keeps the, law, the whole law, but but fall at once has become guilty of all. What does that mean? That means if you walk and live by the law, if you decide that you just ain't going to listen to me this afternoon, and you're just going to say, I'm going to live by the law. The man came to Jesus and told him, I've kept the whole law ever since I was a little child. What else would I like to be perfect? Jesus said, if you, see, Jesus didn't tell that man to say that. That man put his foot in his own mouth. Jesus ain't said nothing. He the one came to Jesus, talking about I don't live perfect. I mean, I don't live holy all my life. But Jesus said, okay, then, if you desire to be perfect, you really want to be perfect? Because can't nobody be perfect. He said, go sell everything you have and come and, 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 and give it to feed the poor and follow me. What do you do? Turn and drop the head and walk away. Out of all that big old talk, he talked. Out of all that aerobic speak he made, he still turned around and walked away and was lost. And the Bible said, those that are good. He didn't say the rich man was going to hell. He said, those that are rich, they're going to be, they, they're going to be caught up. They're going to be snared by their riches. So you got to be careful to not let your riches snare you. Don't let your riches bound you up. Don't let your riches hold you in such a way that it caused you to lose out with Jesus. There ain't nothing wrong with being rich. I want to be rich myself. But there's so many things I want to do. So many things I want to do in the ministry while I'm yet here on this earth. Huh? And I need wealth. Solomon said money answers all matter. So I need wealth in order to do the thing that I desire to do. The more I have, the more I can do. Huh? The, 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 the more food banks I can open, you know, or shelters I can open, or, or reach out to the law, to the poor, the needy, those out on the street. The more I got, the more I can do. See what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with wealth. You just don't leave God out. Don't leave God out. See, that's what's wrong with the rich and leave God out. That's what the Bible says to the rich man. He didn't say the rich man going to be lost because he was riches. He told the rich man, don't forget the poor. Every rich man, listen to me. If you be listening to me and you be rich, don't forget the poor. Don't forget the poor. Everybody out on the street out there ain't phony. Everybody standing on the corner out there ain't phony. You need to do more than you're doing than giving that little 5 and $10 you've been giving every time you saw just to satisfy your conscience. What if you was on the street doing to others? You have others doing to you. Reach out and make God. If they're phonies, if they're pretending, if they ain't real, God will take care of them. You do your part and give. Give to the food bank. Give to the shelter. Give to any organization that is helping the poor, helping the needy women out on the street. Women that have been out on the street with their child, out on the street uh, for all other reasons, been sold out by the mom, sold out by the dad, the boys and girls out on the street, needing a shelter to go to, but they had enough money to, to, to open up shelter. But give, give to be called and God will bless you. Don't put your God giving it for you to be a write-off. Ain't nothing wrong. If you want to give it for a write-off, then give to the shelter. Give to the homeless shelter. Give to the needy out on the street. If you want to give for a write-off, it will be such a blessing to them. And there was these fancy organizations, so your name could be written down. 
if your name don't ever be mentioned and you give to the needy, God said he that give it to the poor, lend it to the Lord, and God said he repay. You ain't always got to have your name mentioned when you give to the poor. Sometimes God wants you to do it in silence. He wants to do it privately. Don't even tell me you're going to go call from Yeah, I gave somebody $20 a day. You already got your blessing. You should go home and say nothing. It ain't nobody bidding that you gave that $20 a day out on the street. You gave it out of your heart. You gave it out of love. Don't go tell nobody. The first thing I'm going to say, well, they, they probably were a crook. They probably were a phony. See, now look what you done done. Just keep it in yourself. If you're going to give, give privately. And what you do in secret, God will do for you openly. Wow. Galatians 3 and 10. For all who rely on works of the law are the courage for it is written. Courage is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. See, you already curse yourself when you're under the law. If you're under the law, you like the man that came to Jesus, you can't break the law. If he said you break one law, you broke them all. So that's what happens when you're under the law. You got to be perfect. You can't break not narrow law. If you broke one law, you, you guilty of breaking the other 99 laws. That's what he said. So that's why we're under grace and not the law. Because under the law, you, you can't live right. Because you do one wrong, all the other things that you did not do, you give it them too. So for, for we are saved by grace. Amen. We're saved by grace. And that's the difference between the law and grace. The law was given by Moses for just a little while. Hear what I say? It was a tutor. It was a schoolmaster. It was something, a guideline to get you to where we are now in Christ Jesus. That's why the law was given. It was not meant to be permanent. It was not meant to be everlasting. It was only meant to be for a little while to get us from A to B. A in Adam and B in Christ. From A, B, and C. A in Adam, hey, A in Adam and C in Christ. How about that? Romans 3 and 19. I'm sorry, Romans 7 and 4. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that you may bear fruit for God. You hear what I'm saying? You have died to the law. I told you now, you ain't married to it no more. You're dead to the law. You never mind them, them, them commandments, them rules and regulations that they got there, got you all burdened and bound down. You are dead through the law. You're under grace now through Christ Jesus. You've been raised from the dead. You've been washed in the blood. You are a new creature. You are under you are under grace now, and no more are you under law. If you fall down, get back up. God will forgive you. Just ask him to. He'll wash you in the blood. He'll create in you a clean heart. And he'll renew a right spirit in you. All you got to ask him. He'll purge you with his shepherd's hard old shape, and you might be white as snow. He'll wash you by the word of the word and by the power of the spirit. Romans 3 and 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may stop, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. We know that what the law says that what the law says. For everyone that is under the law. But we are not under the law. Amen. First John five and three. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. How many know God's commandment is not burdensome? God's commandment is not grievous. The only way God's commandment is burdensome, only way God man is grievous when you're in the day and out the mark. You're in the day and out the mark. You want to live right the day and the mark, that becomes grievous. That that become burdensome. But when you keep the commandments of God day by day, you'll find the privilege and the honor to get up in the morning and say, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. First John five and three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. I read that. John fourteen and fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And this is how you show God he loves. You can talk all you want to about you love God. People watching you, I love the Lord. If you're not completing, if you're not keeping, if you're not keeping God's commandment through grace, you are lying. You are not telling the truth. So the Bible says, if you, if you love me, keep my commandment. He said, if you don't keep my commandment, you a liar. You somebody you love God, but you won't do what God told you to do. How you love God and won't do what God told you to do? How you love God and don't love your neighbor? How you love God and don't love nobody else? How you love God and you won't forgive nobody? 
How you love God? You still holding grudges. You still holding animosity. You still got that bitterness in your heart uh, towards somebody else. You still lying on folks. You still talking about folks. You still cutting folks in the back. And you know that the scripture says, love your neighbor, you love yourself. Doing the other, you have others doing to you. You know this, but you say you love God, but you keep doing the things of the law, things of the flesh. When you love God, you prove it by keeping the commandments. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin had a, sin had a wage, and that wage is death. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you don't want to die, don't sin. If you don't want to spiritually die, don't live in sin. Because the wages of sin is them. But the gift of God is eternal life. I don't have to expound on that much. Cause we don't heard that so much. You know that, folks. Galatians 2 and 16. We know that a person is not justified by word or the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. You hear me? If you're still under the law, you're not pleasing God. Justify means to be judged. It means to please God. That's what judge means. It means to be in a right standing with God. If you are under the law, you're not justified. You're not in a right standing with God. And if you ain't in a right standing with God, you ain't saved. You've got to be in a right standing with God. You've got to be born again. You've got to walk in grace and not under the law. And Romans 3 and 20, so by works of the law, no man being, for by the work of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law come knowledge of sin. You see what I'm saying? See, the, in the law, you got the knowledge of sin. Keep reminding you of what you did. You, you keep, you're living in the law, you're going to continue to be reminded of the wrong you're doing. But grace not only, listen, grace not only forgive you, but grace washes away the guilt. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the scripture says, there are now therefore no condemnation who deal who walk out the Spirit and not after the flesh. See, whenever you walk out the Spirit, God forgives you, and he, he moves the guilt. He moved the condemnation. You ain't walking around guilty, feeling bad about something God done forgave you for. God not only forgives you, he, he moved the guilt because he died on the cross for the guilt. He didn't just die for your sin. He died for the guilt that comes from sin. So if you walk around feeling guilty, you need to get out and honor that spirit because ain't nothing but a trick of the enemy. See, you got to remember the reason you're feeling guilty. Thank God for the scripture. The reason you feel guilty because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. It's Satan's job to remind you that you did that. Now, you ask God to forgive you, but Satan keeps reminding you that you did it, and now you feel guilty about it because he won't leave your mind. What you got to do is tell the devil, devil, you a liar. God done forgave me for this sin. God done forgave me for this mate, and you ain't going to make me feel guilty. You're not going to keep on binding me up, killing my joy. Get behind me. Put him in his place. Talk to him and tell him, you a liar. Please get behind me, Satan. Uh-huh. Get, take this feeling and leave me. Get away from me. Don't come back here no more because I'm justified. I'm a child of God. I'm a born again believer. Yes, I might have committed God, but I ain't no adulterer. I might have committed born again, but I ain't no born again. I might have lied, but I ain't no liar. I've been washed in the blood. I've been bought with a pride. Wow. Romans 8 1. There, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You hear me? I'm going to explain this here. You might get it. You might truly understand this here, what I'm about to say. Yes, you did wrong, but God don't forgave you. And you shouldn't be walking around condemned now because Christ don't forgave you for that sin. There is now therefore no condemnation for, who, for those who are, are in Christ Jesus. For the law, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, listen, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Ain't that exciting to know? 
You ain't got to walk around condemned now. You don't ask God to forgive you and say you keep playing games with your mind. Come but you know you did it. Yes, you did. But you went to the Lord. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you might find mercy and grace to help you. So come boldly. Go to the altar. Go to your prayer closet. Tell God, bind up that devil and thank God for forgiving you and put Satan in his place. Quit letting him ride you about something happened last week and last month and last year. Got you feeling condemned. There is no condemnation. You've been born again. You are a Christian. Satan can't condemn you because God didn't forgive you. He done died on the cross. He done paid the price of condemnation. You ain't got to walk around condemned now. You are righteous. You are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You're not righteous because of yourself. You're not righteous because of your work. You're not righteous because of your deeds. You ain't righteous because you walked in so perfect and ain't made no mistake. You are righteous because of Christ Jesus. And in God, you are righteous. For the Bible says you are the righteousness of God. You are right in God's eye. You belong to God. And because of Christ Jesus, God don't see you. He sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he sees you being righteous because you've been born again. You've been washed in the blood. You've been bought with a pride. You are a child of God. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And you are and this is what you need to keep telling yourself. Quit walking around having a pity party. Walking around with your head come back come down. And that's why Satan keep beating you up. That's why condemnation keeps coming to your house because you accepting it. You receiving it. You listen to him lie to you and talk to you, reminding you of the mistake you made, and you feeding it by giving in to it. But tell the devil no more. Uh-uh. God don't forgive me. God don't forgive me. Don't even argue with him. Don't hold a conversation. Do like the angel did when he was arguing with, with, with the angel. Do like the angel was arguing with the devil, trying to argue with the angel concerning Moses' body. The angel didn't argue with the devil. He said, God rebuke you, Satan. That's what you got to do. You got to say, God rebuke you, Satan. I ain't arguing with you about how I feel. I know I'm saved. I'm sanctified. Holy Ghost feel. And so the Holy Ghost is me. Well, if the Holy Ghost in you, why did you do what you did? Because the Holy Ghost wouldn't do that. No, the Holy Ghost didn't do that. But you still got the Holy Ghost. You did that. But the Holy Ghost is still in you. Tell it, yes, I got the Holy Ghost. Yes, I'm saved and sanctified. Holy Ghost feel. And so that's how they leave me alone. Don't call me no more. Put that devil in its place. Because greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ain't that exciting enough? You got the greater one in you. Now I come to help somebody this evening. Get out of the law. Get out of that ditch. Get out of that bound. Get out of the domination of the curse. It got you all bound up. And you can't serve the Lord freely because the law won't turn you loose. And grace waiting on you, don't merit you, waiting for the honeymoon. So you need to be having a, on a honeymoon with grace right now. And you feel back there with that divorcee. Romans 7 and 22, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Huh? I delight in the law of God in my inner being, he said. Huh? I delight in the law. I respect the law. I don't keep the law down, but I walk in the law in my spirit. You hear what I'm saying? Galatians 3 and 23, now before faith came, we would held captive under law, in prison until the, coming of, and until the coming faith would be revealed. You hear me? I told y'all that earlier, how the, that, that the law was only to get you from point A to B. The law was a, a schoolmaster, a tutor. It, got, it was not given to be permanent. It would only get, get you get from A to C, from Adam to Christ. He said, now, be, now before faith came, he said, we were the captain under the law. You were. And prayers about don't do this and don't do that and don't do that and don't do that. I shall not feel it. I shall not feel it. I shall not do this. I shall not do that. And it, all it did was burden you and bound you and didn't give you the grace to walk above it. But thank God through Christ Jesus. Matthew 5 and 18 says, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, not one other car or dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. 3 and 23 said, For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared you beforehand in Christ Jesus that we should walk in him. Last but not least, Galatians 3 and 24. So then, the law was our guardian. Listen, I told you that earlier. The law was a schoolmaster, a guardian. The law was a guardian until Christ came. 
in order that we might be justified by faith. God had to give us something to hold on to that would keep us until grace came. Grace only came through Christ Jesus. But the law was with Moses. Yet there was a great spread in there where people walked by the law. But God had to give them a guideline, something to hold on to, something to teach them until Christ came along. Now Christ done come. You can let the law go now and call your merit the grace. Precious Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. I pray, God, that, that you give me a greater understanding, and I pray that the people receive it. I pray the word not go out and come back void, but accomplish what you're sending out to do that they understand the difference between grace and the law. Send your spirit out now. In the name of Jesus, they might have a clear understanding, not be confused, God, that they are not under the great, they're not under law, they're not under law anymore, but they are now under grace. They've been bought with a pride, they've been born again. The law brought them this far as a schoolmaster, as a tutor. It brought them down to grace. Now, now they're married. They're not married to the law no more, God. They're married to grace. They had to let them walk in grace, freely in grace. What the law could not do, you did it through Christ Jesus, oh God. They had to offer up lambs and goats and all the animals and for shedding of the blood. But Jesus shed it with blood, God, to be the ultimate sacrifice that we might have a right to the true life. And I thank you, Lord. So let grace abide in us. Let us start ourselves clear from the law, not bound by the law anymore. But let us walk in the grace that came through Christ Jesus. And surely all the honor, all the glory shall be thine. And we forever give you praise on the glory. We thank you for grace. The songwriter said it amazing, grace. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Apostle. You're welcome. Have a nice evening. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.